Hello, all you curious listeners, and welcome to Bizarre Biology, a podcast dedicated to rare and bizarre clinical conditions. My name is Rob, and I'll be your host on today's introductory episode. Now, without further ado, let's introduce our topic, gigantism, also referred to as pituitary gigantism, which is an extremely rare disorder of pituitary hormone. Now, within each podcast episode, we will touch base of what distinguishes gigantism, how it progresses, and the major organ systems that assist its microscopic evolution. In later episodes, we will discuss symptoms, possible treatments, and how treatment can improve a patient's way of living. In this first episode, we will peel back the layers of what defines pituitary gigantism and the functions active during its complex process within the body. So let's jump right in and start to peel back those layers. Gigantism is almost always triggered by something called an adenoma or pituitary tumor. Adenoma are mostly benign and influenced by genetic mutations within human cells, some of which are passed down inherently. But we're gonna hold off on the tumor talk for just a minute and introduce the pituitary gland. Now let's picture the human body in its anatomical position. And for any listeners out there who are not familiar with anatomical position, let me explain. The anatomical reference point is a standard body position that helps describe body parts and locate their position. And in this case, it will give us a visually realistic idea of where the pituitary gland dwells. So with our bodies standing erect, our feet slightly apart, palms facing forward and thumbs pointing away from the body or laterally. We are now in anatomical position. This allows us to divide our body into anterior and posterior sections. Anterior refers to the front half of our body, the face, the belly button, and right down to the toes, while posterior refers to our backside. Much like we divide the front and backside of our body, we can do the same when speaking about the pituitary gland. But in terms of gigantism, we will be focusing primarily on the anterior pituitary lobe also considered to be the master endocrine gland. Fun fact, the pituitary gland is about the size of a pea and weighs just about the same as two dimes. Now, when using anatomical terminology, we would say the anterior pituitary lobe dwells deep in the cranial cavity and inferior to the hypothalamus. Both the posterior and anterior lobes are directly associated with the hypothalamus, each lobe connected by a slender stalk. The anterior pituitary lobe can be described as a ductless gland that secretes hormones. Within the anterior lobe, we have many different cells, each producing a specific endocrine product. And in this case, our cell is a somatotropic cell, and our product is growth hormone, or GH for short. Now, this is where the hypothalamus comes into play, because in order for somatotropic cells to release their product, they must be chemically stimulated by growth hormone-releasing hormones. These releasing hormones are produced by the hypothalamus. Otherwise, the somatropic cells, I guess you could say, just lay low or hang out. Typically, GH is stimulated by growth hormone releasing hormones on a daily cycle with its highest levels in the evenings. The amount of GH secreted daily peaks during one's adolescent years and declines as we age. GH stimulates most body cells to enlarge and divide, while its major targets are bone and skeletal muscle. GH stimulates the epiphyseal plates, and this leads to long bone growth, 
and stimulation of skeletal muscles increases muscle mass. So because GH in adolescence is specifically targeting the still active epiphyseal plates, hypersecretion of growth hormone ultimately leads to gigantism. Well, that concludes episode one of Bizarre Biology. Keep an eye out for the next episode where we will be discussing specific symptoms and possible treatments of gigantism. Thank you to all the listeners out there, and remember, stay curious and stay bizarre.